This is Seattle's Morning News. Dave Ross with Colleen O'Brien and Chris Sullivan. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Let's go to former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Our conversation sponsored by Madrona Financial Services, the Supreme Court. Let me begin by asking you, why is this leak such a horrible thing? The court heard the case back in December. Apparently, they've just been sitting on it. Were they waiting until after the election? And if that's what they were doing, isn't it appropriate that someone at least give people a heads up before the election? Well, it's a horrible thing because this is just an initial opinion. It's a first draft. We know that from the way the court works that they will circulate many drafts of an opinion among themselves before they land on the final version, which has majority support. And during that process, the members of the majority can change. You can add members. People can leave the majority. A new majority can form. In other words, you don't want the public to form its opinion of what the court's going to do based on a draft that uh, is likely not going to be the final word. But do you really think that the bottom line, even with revisions and the vagaries of assembling a majority, do you think that the result of this decision would have changed at all? I think it it is still possible that it it will change. I don't think it's likely to change in the final result, which is to overturn Roe v. Wade. But we we don't know that because all we know is that after the court heard argument in in the Dobbs case that they conferenced as they always do they took a vote and five members of the court at least decided they were going to rule in favor of the state of Mississippi now the, what the state was seeking was a court ruling upholding their law in Mississippi that you cannot have a, an abortion except in certain circumstances after 15 weeks uh, of course, the state did invite the court to overturn Roe v. Wade, but it isn't necessary for the court to overturn Roe v. Wade to you know, change the law uh, as established mm-hmm. in Roe and also in KCV Planned Parenthood. So is it fair to say that if this opinion turns out to be the one that prevails, it doesn't really ban all abortions? It still gives you that option. Uh, in the event, because there are conditions of the Mississippi case, right, which was the life of the mother and fetal abnormality. Right. If the majority overturns Roe v. Wade, which I think is a bad idea for a number of reasons, uh, partly having to do with the importance of precedent in our system of jurisprudence. But if they do that, they return the decision on how to regulate allow or prohibit abortion to the states. Because without Roe, you don't have a constitutional right to an abortion. That's a very dramatic result. It's the wrong result, in my view, because Roe has been on the books as modified by KCV Blind Parenthood for almost 50 years now. And this concept of stare decisis, which in Latin means stand by your decision, is an important one in in our system. People need to be able to rely on the courts, except in exceptional circumstances. And Justice Alito's draft opinion points to two examples of exceptional cases that clearly needed to be overruled. One was Plessy v. Ferguson, the separate but equal case, which was overruled by Brown v. Board of Education. Another was Korematsu, the the Supreme Court decision upholding the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II, uh, an abhorrent decision that the court has uh, rejected since then. But those cases, which are notorious in in the Supreme Court's history, kind of illustrate why you don't lightly ever overturn 
uh, a case. You only do it in the most extreme or, to use Alito's phrase, most egregious circumstances. And I don't see how Roe can be viewed as egregious when it clearly reflects the views of a significant majority of Americans who believe that abortion should be legal, at least in some circumstances. A number of Democrats in Congress have accused, uh, I, don't, I don't know if they actually named any of the, the nominees, but basically said, uh, you lied to us when you said you were, uh, you, you were going to respect precedent. Did anybody yeah. lie? Uh, well, it looks like they may have changed their minds, whether they believe what they said at the time. I, I can't – I'm not a mind reader, but uh, it, it doesn't look good, and it, again, uh, really shakes up faith in members of the Supreme Court when they say something so clearly is that, you know, I think this that Roe v. Wade is settled law, and then they sign on an opinion which says, oh, it's not settled at all. This is badly reasoned to begin with. Uh, that That's not good, but it's one of the reasons I'm – withholding judgment until we see what the final decision of the court is when it's issued in June, because we really don't know. What I what I read when I read Alito's draft is classic Sam Alito. He is the heir apparent to Antonin Scalia when it comes to bluntness and forcefulness in his writing. But it's the opinion he's always wanted to write. He has always been a critic of Roe v. Wade. He's always felt that because the Constitution doesn't reference abortion and because the right to an abortion is a relatively new concept in American society, that it, you can't find a right to an abortion under the 14th Amendment, the substantive due process provision of the 14th Amendment. So that's Alito. Whether they all sign on to it or not it really remains to be seen. Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Rob, thank you. Thanks, Dave.